Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. Hello, hi. <laughs> My mic was not on. I just okay. really, I pressed, I pressed <laughs> both of them, but they did not it's, go. Welcome back. Uh, technical ghost difficulties. As well, <clears throat> um, well that, that's a malfunction of my fingers. <laughs> they, um, they faded away for a second. You're now on board the Paranormal Express here with us today. Sure my name is Nick <laughs> as one of your hosts, and we have Jake here as well. Yes, we do. Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're, well, we're going to be taking a little bit of an interesting turn from our usual the thing um, is, mine topics. fits with what we usually, what I usually talk yeah. about, at least. Yeah, yours definitely does. My first topic to is very relatable in that it still is paranormal in, a, in a yeah, most yeah. of the sense. Uh, but basically, our overarching topic today is like going to be like video game lore. Yeah. Just because we like telling stories, a lot of our content is based on learning from stories, being folklore, and that's how most of recorded history was for the longest time. Very much so. Is stories. So uh, we just thought we'd take a little bit of an interest. You know, we might relate to a lot of our listeners and ourselves. We were very much into video games. So uh, uh, there's Ghostly so video games. There's so much to find behind a lot of these games out there because, like, we've we're in a culture where now. Um, uh, uh, the video game market is very oversaturated, so to stand out, you have to either have the most simplest of concept with high artistic value, or you have to have one of the most in-depth content with yeah. uh, their own structure. It really depends. So, True. Or it um, has to be an established series. Yeah, that too. If you're working off of a franchise, obviously that's you know that's how everybody goes. That's why there's ten of some this game, ten of another, True. and uh, continuing trilogies and yeah. stuff like that. So. Um, but yeah. Um, Did you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah. Uh, I'll start? get started. Okay. Yeah, I'll do my easy one. Um, I want to talk about uh, Pokemon. I'm not going to go in depth Pokemans. into specific Pokemans lore. What would um, you like to play? I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he who must not be named. He who must not be named. Voldemort. Uh, um, there are... <laughs> An interesting amount. If you've ever taken time to go, like some of a lot of Pokemon's lore, depending on which games, if we're talking about the anime or the games or the show, true, um, or the the manga even, yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, one of the biggest uh, uh, collections of lore is the Pokédex itself, because uh, each Pokemon. I guess what did we call him when he was sitting in here? I don't remember. Who are you talking about? My roommate. Oh, I don't remember. There I think was, it was related to a topic. I don't remember. Well, he thought we called him the Queen. Oh. But we didn't. I want to call him that now. Just. 
we called him like the polar bear or something. I don't remember that. Oh, I don't remember. I, we called him something, but my my roommate recently bought uh, the manga, which he hasn't paid me back for actually. Okay. I was talking about I was showing frames of it to some friends, and they just could not believe. Yeah, the, the, the Pokemon Adventures manga yeah, yeah, really goes bad. crazy. Really it goes does. hard. Uh, I think I found a picture. It's of my favorite one. There's like there's it. like a bunch of different Pokemon mangas, but that yeah. one I think is the best one. It's, it's also it dark. The it most like real. yeah. Um, yeah. So in uh, uh, if you ever take time to look at uh, the Pokédex entries, there's little blurbs about each Pokemon, and that's where you can derive a lot of lore from from uh, how they're observed in the world of Pokemon. And I have a few of some of the darkest and creepiest ones. Um, so there's a, a list of a few. I'm going to start with um, a classic, absolutely classic. Like, this is an older generation Pokemon. Uh, Cubone and Marowak. Of course. Um, so it's a ground type <coughs> Pokemon. I actually, I should bring up the actual Pokédex entry for it. Hold on, hold on. Pausing. So, so uh, the Cubone is a ground type Pokemon. Yes, he is. That I believe was in the second generation. Um, no, I think he's first gen. Okay. Um, and it's a particular, particularly interesting looking Pokemon because it's a little bipedal, uh, I guess yeah, you could- Yeah, he's gen one. You could fit it in with like the more dinosaurish looking Pokemon. Do you know what his bipedal? name is in Japanese? Sorry, I just looked him up, so. Uh, no, I do not. Karakara. Karakara. K-A-R-A-K-A-R-A. You think that has anything to do with the noise it makes? Maybe. That would be interesting, actually. I've never looked into that. Because especially in the video games, because, you know, if you've watched any Pokemon anime, they say their names. But in the True. games, uh, uh, technology was super limited when the first Pokemon yeah. games came out. So they just made noises. And then those kind of held true throughout the series. Except for, I think, Pikachu and Eevee when Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go yeah. Eevee came so out. Now, like, but then, and then Pikachu and Eevee, I think, kept those for like the next few games after that, like Sword yeah. and Shield. But they got rid of it for the later ones, the latest ones. Okay. Like, it's not an Arceus. Huh. Pikachu guess, goes back to going, Bruh! Yeah, they wanted to go back to formula, I guess. <laughs> I can't think, I can't stop thinking of that meme from, uh, um, uh, 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 Osborne from Spider-Man when he pits up the scientist, he's like back to oh. the formula. Oh, okay. Um, and <laughs> I was the, thinking of the, the, you can't do this to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's another good one. But yeah, um, I'm something of a scientist myself. Come on, give me, give me the internet. Okay. Give you. Yeah. The so Cubone, the lonely Pokemon, number one of four. Yes. He's it is. called the lonely Pokemon. He's even called the lonely Pokemon. I mean, I know what you're gonna talk about. I'm pretty sure. But oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Um, so. We'll start with Generation 1, Red, Blue, and Yellow uh, Pokédex entries. First for Red and Blue. Um, so because it never removes its skull helmet, no one has ever seen this Pokémon's face. Yellow comes right around and goes, in Pokédex entry for Cubone, where's the skull of its deceased mother? Its cries echo inside the skull and come out as a sad melody. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a Pokémon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're also talking about the culture of Japan yes, and, like, their yeah. yokai and stuff, because Pokemon are often based around that. Yeah, which another one of my Pokemon actually is, specifically, so we'll get to that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that evolves into a Marowak, which is more of a, like, a, it, it seems to, it has the same kind of structure. It's still bipedal, um, and it uh, has a skull on its head, but this one looks like it's more formed, because uh, looking at Cubone's design, it definitely is just wearing one because you can still see parts of its face. But mm. Marowak, it's fully formed around the face. There's no flesh of the face left. It's just the skull. 
So it's uh, pretty uh, video game music. Uh, it's great to have that eight bit come in. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so you start to see that. I'm going to bring up Marowax. Uh, I like all the different there. theories. Are you going to get into that at all about Cubone? Not like deeply. I just wanted to talk about like Poké. That's interesting. There's like, like, I'm, I'm looking at stuff. three right, or no, two right here. That uh, Cubone is just a Charmander. Or Cubone is actually a baby Kangaskhan, which is my favorite one. Oh, I yeah. Think. I have no surprise. Yeah, because they have very similar body structures mm -hmm. and stuff, so it's easy to draw that between them. Because it wouldn't be the first time we've seen completely unrelated Pokemon still be is related missing together. missing Noah Kangaskhan? <laughs> oh, you should have talked about missing Noah. Because uh, I think that's interesting because uh, Pokemon like uh, Man Man uh, Mantine... And Remoroid, their their relationship. Isn't it Remoraid? Remoraid, sorry, Remoraid and Mantine are very specific because they're they appear together, but they become two separate Pokemon. Ma oh, Mantine, yeah. like Remoroid, becomes its own Pokemon that evolves and everything. So, it's interesting. We see those relationships, so it's not hard to believe that Pokemon could have became different over time, and stuff. Um, so Marowak has like no reference to. Um, Oh, except for in Emerald and Ruby Sapphire, where they still say Marowak is the evolved form of Cubone that has grown tough by overcoming the grief of losing its mother. Its tempered and hardened spirit is they not easily consistent. broken. They were. Originally, it was weak and timid. After evolution, its temperament becomes violent and it begins to wield bones as weapons of yeah. sun and moon. Isn't Specifically, like sun and moon made sense because that was the Alolan form yeah. where he was oh, like a fire dancer. That's design. what I was... Okay, yeah. Which that's what I was going to ask cool. about because I thought that was like a, one of the... What are they called when they evolve again after the third or their last evolution? And they get like a special stone. Mega evolutions? Yeah, mega evolutions. Oh, mega evolutions, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty interesting that Alolan Marowak, they made a ghost type, especially because it might be haunted by the mother of its <laughs> mother. <laughs> I mean, it uh, is wearing their skull. It is still wearing their skull, and it, it has like ghostly like flames. You know, that could be another theory that comes out of that. So that's just an interesting first one. All right, um, we are at our first little break here. Yeah, that's, we, you know, uh, good time as any. I'll move on to the next Pokemon after the break then. Pull into the station. Hello. Thank you for listening to the voice of Kutztown University Radio, KUR. We'll be right back to Paranormal Express shortly, but first... Attention KU community. KUR podcasts, a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcasts and search for Kutztown University Radio and then listen to the many great podcasts featured. Some of our older podcasted programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. Finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. To go to our Mixcloud page, www.mixcloud.com slash KU radio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. The radio voice of Kutztown University. We do have a quick message from Mr. James. He is back. <laughs> okay, guys, what the flick? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, hello. We had a little bit and of train turbulence friends. there. A little bit of train turbulence there. Sorry. <laughs> train turbulence. Um, we hit a tree. Yeah, we're back. We <laughs> literally run right through the tree. I mean, our train sometimes doesn't use track, so you know, there's yeah, just there's obstacles. You know. We make our own tracks. Yeah. Here on Paranormal Express. Um, so if you're joining us now, we're talking about some video game lore. The app, uh, the uh, perfectly timed uh, music to be playing right now. 
Um, I'm just going over a little bit of some Pokemon that have some really interesting backstories and mainly the lore that's derived from uh, Pokédex entries, which with how short and concise it is, really can let your imagination run wild. Yeah, and that's sure. what I like about that. I mean, there, that's the whole thing with um, from Gen Four of the like talking about how uh, uh, humans and Pokemon used to get married. Yeah, that one book, which is what people thought Arceus was going to have. Really, <laughs> they didn't oh, actually they, think they... that, but that was a joke. That... <laughs> oh man, yeah, there's no way. Nah, they uh, would never do that. They would have. If the closest they would get to that, but that was the joke, would be some kind of pseudo relationship thing where you have some kind of ceremony, but they wouldn't call it weddings. But I think still think that'd be really weird. I think that was also the English translation of it. I don't remember what the Japanese actually said. Okay, I think it was worse though. Okay, so um, the next one I want to talk about is Frostlass. Right. Um, the ghost ice type Pokemon. That's one of your favorites, isn't four. it? It is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's not like the best Pokemon for like late game stuff, but that's usually the only time you can get it. True. Um, cause, uh, Snorunt, you know, you can't get till you Snor go up to Snow Point City. Yeah, true. So. Well, that's in that game anyway. Yeah, and a dust, dust stone, you need a dust stone. But anyway, um, <laughs> we don't need to go crazy on the nerdy stuff, that's just me, sorry. Um, I'm gonna go over to its Pokedex entries. So originally introduced in Generation 4, Diamond and Pearl, uh, it freezes foes with an icy breath nearly negative 60 degrees Fahrenheit. What seems to be its body is actually hollow. Um, and then in Heart Gold, Soul Silver, legendary legends in snowy regions say that a woman who was lost on an icy mountain was reborn as Frostlass, mm. which I is that, yeah. very much behind the, the origin of Frostlass, which is a, uh, a, a, a Yuki Ona, which is a snow woman, uh, which is actually a yokai in Japanese culture. Yes. Um, the roommate I mentioned earlier that bought Pokemon manga called me this the other day. They called you a snow Because I like yeah. cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he did, they didn't use the proper terminology. No, he called me an onigiri. <laughs> which is a, which Either is a, a rice ball or uh, a demon slice from a One Piece. Slice. Yeah. Um, so uh, I thought that it's crazy how the first generation is so like, oh, yeah, it uses icy bread. And then it jumps into, yeah, probably a dead woman's spirit. Probably. Probably. Um, a sword is pretty good. After a woman met her end on a snowy mountain, her regrets lingered on. From them, this Pokemon was born. Its favorite food is frozen souls. See, like, that's that's that idea. That's very, like, because uh, most snow. Very yokai. Yeah, very, most snow women are, like, Supposed to follow the death of a woman who's grieving heavily, yeah. and that's why she died in the snow. She ran away from a house, either broken up in a relationship or abuse or something. They run into the woods and away on the snowy, because Japan gets insanely cold, especially in Hokkaido, yeah. the northern parts of the island. gets very, very cold. Do you so. want to know what my favorite yokai is, or my favorite example of a yokai? It's very sure. vague, because I don't know the specific one. Yeah. But uh, there's apparently a stone that's possessed by a kitsune that will kill you if you touch it. That's my favorite one. That's spooky. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's my actual favorite yokai serious. is probably the Tengu, because I think he's cool and gotcha. interesting. Okay. There's even an emoji of him, that, but I don't think anyone really knows that it's a Tengu. Mm. It's the red face with the long nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tengu mask. I yeah. have uh, something to tell you when we're on break about that. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so, well, uh, interestingly, behind Frostlass, Yuki Minoko is the name of it in Japan, um, which is a combination of Yuki, which means snow, uh, Yukiona, which was what I mentioned earlier, Snow Woman, or Menoko, which is an archaic word for girl. 
Mm. Um, well, lass so. is an archaic word for girl in English as well. So. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. It's fairly um, archaic. Anyway. It's not lass. usually used. Yeah. Except in by specific like uh, dialects, like mm-hmm. Irish, I think uses lass quite a bit. And fighting the internet is really rough right now. Okay. Because um, if you look at the design the of cross lass, I can see why they believe it's hollow. Because it looks like. You have that purple, the purple part of its face with the eye underneath what makes the white exterior body. And of course, the design of it is more like a kimono um, in design, or not even, uh, uh, yeah, a kimono, because uh, it's got the ribbon in the back and it's got the really long sleeves. And so that's just where they're deriving a lot of that design yeah. from. And I think that's a really, really fascinating Pokemon. Now, for my last one. Uh, this one gets especially dark. This one is Drifloon. Yeah, of course. The cute little balloon Pokemon. It, God, he's so adorable. I love him. Because, because, um, um, I feel about Drifloon. Drifloon's pretty cool, too. Okay. I love that both of them have animated mouths and Arceus and stuff, and it's really, True, really yeah. spooky because you're like, wow, it's just little, little openings in the front, you know? Not I'm surprised exactly. they don't let any of the air out and deflate. Yeah, that would be actually a funny animation of when they get defeated. Yeah. They just blow away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Drifloon specifically, um, I I love their design because of the noise they make. Their their cry. Oh yeah. It sounds like the rubbing Ooh. of a. It sounds like the r- rubbing of a balloon. And I think I it like the what, what do you call what do you call the what is a uh, 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 balloon material like nylar or whatever it's called. Nylon. Nylon, I guess. Something I don't remember. like that. I think it's ensign R. Mylar. I don't know. Um, but uh, Drifloon has a very specific Pokemon entry. Um, which I will bring up so I can give it verbatim, but I I, de- I definitely know what it is. Uh, <laughs> they have a uh, interesting tendency when involved with children because of course they have the balloon design, makes them very yeah, uh, interesting looking and they're very friends of children. Children could definitely be attracted to them uh, because of that. Well, yeah. Um, we know a certain someone in pop culture that uh, uses balloons to prey on children, and that's that's what I, th- I thought uh, was funny that came what? out. The- it? It, yeah. Okay. Pennywise. I yeah. thought you were going to reference like John Wayne Gacy or something. So I love Diamond. Diamond comes in all innocent. Oh, a Pokemon formed by the spirits of people and Pokemon. It loves damp and humid seasons. Formed by the spirits of humans and Pokemon. Yeah. I guess that's not that wholesome. Did they, did but they at least die? I, well, I, I, they ha- I guess if they had to, they become spirits. I guess. But yeah. a pearl comes around. And it's like, I it tugs on the hands of children to steal them away. However, it gets pulled around instead. So they go, ah, <laughs> they get pulled back anyway. It doesn't, they're not very strong. But, um, but Hard Gold and Soul Silver goes, it is whispered that any child who mistakes Drifloon for a balloon and holds onto it could wind up missing. Platinum said that? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. That was Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Oh, Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Okay. Um, Does Platinum have one? Platinum's is, is uh, because of the way it floats, an old folktale calls it signpost for wandering spirits. That's kind of cool. That's pretty cool, too. That, <laughs> but that's, that, like, that's not creepy. It really. has nothing to do with I the I mean, creepy in the part. sense of like a ghost, but like. So, so Legends Arceus goes all in. I love Said to lure away young children and carry oh. them off to the afterlife. Some whisper that Drifloon are formed of reincarnated human souls, but these rumors are yet unconfirmed. So that kind of mixes yeah. all of those first, the first generation four stories together and and particularly I wanted to look at Legends Arceus because in the game okay, there's that quest there's yeah. that quest where you find you you get told by somebody in Jew Life village You're like hey my kid's missing that, like my kid has gone missing yeah. I have no idea where they are then you 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 go to the back of this like shed building that's yeah, out, it's out where you uh, wake up at the beginning of the game yeah it's where and, the newcomers come apparently <laughs> and there's a child 
the child back there like really upset that it was hanging out with Drifloon and then and then was just sitting there and you're like oh oh god if I didn't come here any sooner that child might have been gone forever that's actually yeah. crazy well the child says like ah oh, Drifloon didn't mean anything by it yeah they like they like brush it off innocently but, but you're kind of like ooh we have entered the station yet again okay for our <laughs> second break we'll be right back here on the Paranormal Express back on the Paranormal Pokemon Express Kick your weekend off strong with me, Mitchell Smedley, on Redneck Rush Hour, Fridays 5 to 6 on KUR. Redneck Rush Hour is KUR's ultimate source for all of the best in country. Yes, sir, I'll be there living it up with you as we put our week in the rear view and head into our weekend. It's my mission to get you singing, dancing, and laughing to start your weekend off strong. From older Southern rock to today's radio hits... From Nashville legends to today's under-the-radar artists. Yes, sir, wall-to-wall, this is... Nothing but country! On Redneck Rush Hour. Brian Cranston for the Will Rogers Institute. There are lots of things in life that can take your breath away. Your first love, seeing the world. But life isn't the only thing that can take your breath away. Asthma is responsible for more sick days and ER visits than any other condition. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. There are many good reasons to be left breathless. Help make sure asthma isn't one of them. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. The radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R. I like that it's got a little bit of that GTA, like, when I want to want to want to well in it. <laughs> We're recording. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Well, Welcome I mean, back. it's the video game lore episode. Yeah, so there you go. I'm not going to be talking about GTA lore, by the way. I don't think there's really much to it. Unless like you... crime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, GTA lore is just talking about the balance in political systems causing Kinda, crime. Yeah, actually, that could be a thing. Anyway, welcome back to the Paranormal Express. You're back on board with us here. Uh, now that we just left the station with our last messages um, today, like I was just saying, we're talking about video game lore, and uh, it, it's an interesting turn away from what we usually talk about. Like, because it doesn't necessarily have to be scary paranormal stuff. No, I started with a little bit of pseudo paranormal stuff because I mean. Half most of the messed up Pokemon stuff is going to be ghost types. True, seems yeah. to be the common theme. So and ground types apparently. And ground, <laughs> that was the one that stood out. Yeah, because yeah. the rest are ghost types. Yeah, the last two I had, which you guys can find on your own, was Mimikyu, the uh, the Pikachu ghost looking like mimic Pokemon. Uh, which short story, you you just somebody died by looking under its sheet at the actual Pokemon, which is not the the whole thing. It's underneath it. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, That's why it covers itself, because it wants friends. Yeah, because it, it saw Pikachu's popularity and wanted that, so it took over. And then Rodham was the other one, which is a ghost type that like it possesses machinery and stuff. Yeah, uh, a chainsaw. It's, it's, it's trapped without a... Oh, it doesn't have a purpose, so it's finding purpose in machines. And stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. All right. Uh, so my first topic, and basically all of my topics come from the same series, Um because I, th- I know you have other games that you looked at. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine, I just wanted to talk about Elder Scrolls lore. Of course. <laughs> I love Elder Scrolls. And also, it just fits. It's very similar to what we've already talked about in the show. At least what I tend to talk about. Yeah. Mythology. I'm not going to bring it up to rag on you. But you, you sleep to podcasts about Pokemon lore. Or not Pokemon. Jesus. Elder Scrolls lore. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. 
And that's that's awesome because it's actually really relaxing. I forgot mm -hmm. who you were playing, but he's a very nice voice, and it's just it's interesting. Uh, it makes you think about. If stuff. it's not the one where it's multiple people talking to each other, no, it's then it guy. was. Uh, it's probably a guy named Camelworks, okay. who I like a lot. Yeah, I'll play you some of the videos later to see if you can remember. Yeah, unless it was the one I was playing earlier. I don't think so. Okay. No, I didn't get to hear it. You were just listening through your headphones, so. But yeah. I mean, the headphones were on. You should have been able to hear it. But yeah. Anyway, uh, my first topic is something from the Elder Scrolls, very similar to what I usually tend to talk about, which being mythology a lot of the time. Uh, it's the Nordic people in the game. They're literally just called the Nords. It's their system of religion. Prior to being uh, colonized by the Empire, <laughs> um, so they have a totemic um, system. Meaning, like, their gods tend to be animal gods. Um, but their gods aren't the same. They have some of the same that the Imperials implemented. Like, um, if you've played the games, you would probably know the name, like, Mara, Dabella, Kinnereth, or Kine. Um, but you might not know things like... Well, if you played Skyrim, you probably know Shore. That's a very specific Nord god. Or Soon, who's also in Skyrim. Um... He's in front of the whale skeleton in Sovereign Guard. And you have to fight him. As like a battle pass or something. Or actually, you can claim uh, other rights to pass. Um, but yes. They're also one of the main religions that have dead gods. Which is one of my favorite things in real life folklore. The gods that have died, like Osiris in uh, yeah. Egyptian mythology. Um, they have Shor, obviously. Shor's a god that's not really worshipped by a lot of people. Um, he's just kind of known about like the elves specifically hate him because he's considered the um like a savior of men or man's god that uh, they're talking out yeah they're talking in like, the other cabin yeah the um, other cabineers are getting a little is that even a word <laughs> cabineers oh, the, the cabineers <laughs> uh, yeah sorry uh, they have shore who's like the he sort of orchestrated the creation of uh mundus which is the world that Elder Scrolls take, well not the world, it's the universe and the, um, specifically I think the solar system that the Elder Scrolls takes place in. Um, to the elves of course, he is not a good god because they believe they their divinity was stolen from them, essentially, in a way. I'm, I'm trying to get to other things so like I'm not talking too deeply about some things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's like man's god because of that. He's also dead because after he tricked, I put air quotes, after he tricked the gods into um, uh, creating the uh, mortal world uh, known as Nern, the actual planet that the games take place on and the stories are on. Um, they uh, sentenced him to death, basically. Uh, he His heart was ripped out and then, I forget which god did it, but they fired it with an arrow and it landed in what became Red Mountain. Which I will get to what's in Red Mountain later. The remnants of, uh, well, then they called him Lorcon. That's his other name. Shore. Shore or Lorcon. Oh, isn't. Hmm? Soon? Yeah, that's the next guy I was going to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, okay. you're fine. I mentioned him already. I was just, I was, I was like, I was like, wait a second. Isn't he related to Shore? Yeah. Yes, he's the, uh, I think the shield bearer the, of the, Shore. He's the shield thing. Shield brother? Yeah. Yeah, I think Shield Thane is specifically like a real world like Viking term or okay. Nor uh, Norse term, Norwegian term. Because it reminds me because you get named Thane to like a Jarl and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Shield Carl is what I think of when you you get a follower 
Shield brother is what they call them in the companions, though. Yeah. Which I, I think. When he brought up Shore, I was trying to remember what I was thinking of when it Well, hit. I mentioned soon, because soon yeah. is the guy you fight before you go to Sovereign Guard. Yeah. He's like the guardian for it. Um, yes. I, I, the I, guardian I, of the whalebone bridge. When he brought up sh sh Thor, uh, Thor, Jesus. Shore, all I thought of was uh, Shore's bones. A handsome, handsome man, man what's a Falkyrie? <laughs> Shores, Bones, handsome man in Falkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I think her name is and Temba White Arms. It. Yes. Yes, that's what it was. Temba. I was like, Temba's in my head. What is Temba? And then I went, Shores, Bones. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Temba White Arms. Yeah. Temba I mean, she was pretty arms. inviting. That's some White Arms. With her arms wide open. Yeah. Sorry, I am off the walls. So let's but go. Yeah. Oh, in terms of like the animal, like where they fall on the uh, totem. Uh, Shore is the fox. I don't know if this says where he falls on the totem. It might depend on who's worshipping and uh, which totem you're looking at specifically. Uh, but soon is the bear. So the bear is sort of like the protector of the fox, I guess, in a way, or like mm -hmm. the friend of the fox in this way. Wow. Which is interesting. I think they made him a fox as like a more... Like, cause he's a kind of a trickster god. That's what I was gonna say. He's Thoughts considered is, a trickster. I said Thoughtses, <laughs> but I don't Jeez. think he's considered Thoughts a trickster is. to the Nords. He's considered a trickster to the Elves and almost everyone else. Well, pause it. Yeah, do you want to pause it really quick? Wow. All right, we're welcome back. Yes, hello. After that impromptu break. Yes. All right. Um, you were talking about Shore. I was actually had moved on to Soon. Now we're talking a little about bit. Soon, okay. soon uh, I don't know much about soon to be honest. I didn't. I, I was just looking at the totemic religion yeah. to get more ideas about that. Yeah, you were talking about the fox because the bear protects the fox. In a way, because he's I the liked, shield brother. Yeah, I like the point that you were making. Fox is more. He was more of a trickster. So, yes, Shore I, was a trickster. Yes. What I was trying to say was, yeah, foxes seem to be not like conniving, but like they're mischievous. Well, and, yeah, you know. like swiper, no swiping. So like. Yeah, because I was interested. I was like, sure, sure, Sam's like a big boy god. He but to be was. called a fox. And kind of is. Oh, a fox that's the doesn't other sound as strong sure. of an animal, but that's the interesting there thing. There are things in the lore called Shezarines. Whoa. Which are, if you have played Morrowind, or from, well, for you, me talking about Morrowind, there's a character, your main character in that is the Nereverine, which is the reincarnation of a character named Nerevar, which I'll get into that more later. Um, but Shezarines are specifically um, sort of aspects of Shore that have been brought back to Tamriel to um, do his bidding. They're usually heroes. They kind of say they, they do good. They defeat the Daedra. Um, usually that's what they do. Like uh, in Oblivion, the player character is, I think, technically a Shezarine. Uh, I think he's believed to be. And there's a character in the lore called Wellenol. Wellenol. Pelinal Whitestrake, who is uh, also a Shezarine. But that's besides the point. That's just something more about Shore. Um, there isn't much about Soon, on, other than that, like, he lives in Sovereign Guard now, because he's dead. Um, mm -hmm. I think he died protecting Shore, or in that battle, the initial, the, the battle that the gods had about Shore, because mm -hmm. they were mad at him. Um, but yeah, he's like a protector. He guards the Whalebone Bridge in Sovereign Guard, which is the Nordic afterlife. I think we've mentioned Sovereign Guard a lot, but we didn't say what sure, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, so in Sovereign Guard, Sovereign Guard's not the place. It's not the giant hall, right? That's they no, call no, that no. The, hall the whole place is Sovereign Guard. Okay. That's called the Hall of Valor or the, the Hall, hall of, of Valor. That's what I thought. Because Heroes? like when we're talking, like if we're relating it to actual Norse 
There's there's uh, Valhalla. Valhalla, which is and then is, there's the one for Freya, which I forget what it's called. Yeah. Valhalla is Odin's, I think, specifically. Yes. But they split the. It's dead. like warriors specifically. Well, no, they're both warriors. Okay, they're both. Okay. Yeah, Freya is a warrior. This I mean, almost all the gods in Norse mythology are um, uh, warrior gods. Where where is Freya's? Uh, is it in its own realm or is it? It's Midgard? its own realm, I think. Okay, uh, I didn't know if it was still Midgard or if it was its own realm. I'm looking is it up she... really quick. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, uh, plug for time. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Oh, it's called Folkvanger. Folkvanger, okay. Uh, it's like a meadow, which makes sense because she's also, I think, a fertility or like a, like a goddess of like the harvest. I just think of nature more. Yeah, yeah that's so that not made sense. too far off. Yeah, Nature's so half of them go to Folkvanger and half of them go to Valhalla. Okay. But they're all warriors. And I don't think Folkvanger is... Yeah, it's called the people field or the army field. Okay. Field of the host. Yeah. A lot of the gods in Norse mythology are just war gods. Yeah, and on top of, of everything wars. else they do. And their culture, which for, is why they became Vikings. Yeah, their culture for darn sure is is based on power, absolutely, and aggression, and and feats of like the same way cultures bring in wealth, like uh, 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 northern like Egyptian, which was your your power is what you can build, their power is what you could. Use, you use your power. You, you mm -hmm. fight, you kill, you, you, uh, you take land. Yeah. You, that's like a show of your success, and thus you're fulfilling your life. Yeah. So outside of the dead gods, which the little excerpt here says, dead gods don't need temples. They have the biggest one of all, Sovereign God. Nords, Nord heroes and clever men visit the underworld all the time. They bear a symbol to show that they have, which garners much respect. So like... If you're Dragonborn, you go down there and you do like uh, in Skyrim, you go down there and you prove your strength by fighting soon, or you prove it through uh, other quests you may have done. Like if you're the Archmage of the College of Winterhold or something like that. Um, but besides dead gods, they have other sort of categories for gods. They have the hearth gods, testing gods, and twilight gods. So hearth gods are like gods of... Um, Family, home, uh, uh, like uh, harvest, food, um, normal life. So there's like Kine or Kinnereth, which is like a mother goddess to the... Uh... All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. Sorry. You're fine. Um, I'm just going to continue talking about this. You Please. have Kine. You, just... <laughs> you have Kine or Kinnereth. Uh, I forget which name goes with which. Um She's sort of like their mother goddess. She was the wife of Shore, I believe. Um, but then you have Mara, who is later became more of a mother goddess, but she's the goddess of like marriage and like the home to an extent. Um, I could be wrong about that part, actually. But um, you looked like you were done, so I turned your mic back on. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then there's Debella, a goddess of like love and stuff my uh what i think it's interesting i think it's the nordic interpretation of mara i think she's really cool actually because she is interpreted as having multiple arms to grab many husbands that wow yeah. okay wow. wow i forget i, I debella is just like she's debella she i don't think she's changed much between um 
the, sorry, this song distracts me quite a bit. But um, hey, it's got a lot going on, man. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's not much different, I think, in the Nordic interpretation than she is normally. Like a, a love goddess, goddess of the naughty, I guess you could say. Um, but yes, and then testing gods. Oh wait, yeah. So the sorry, the hearth gods—they're like animals. So Kine or Kinnereth is the hawk. Um, and then there's Mara. She's the wolf. Uh, I think she's also the handmaiden of Kine. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Dabella, who is the moth. So the hearth gods, it says, hearth gods have temples appropriate to their nature. Kine's built on peaks, because she's like the sky goddess as well. Uh, Mara's are the halls of important witches. I couldn't say why exactly. I don't know enough specifically about that. Dabella's are the halls of important wives. So... When, uh, I guess, wives, you know, want to call on Debella hmm. to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. We're talking so much about wives and stuff, and I keep trying to think of Mara. But that's just because of marriage and stuff. Well, Mara is really, here. Yeah. I was just talking about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But, yeah, then there's the testing gods, which they're a bit different. Oh, okay. That was you. I thought that something was happened yeah, out there in the other yeah, cabin. Sorry. Um. So this one says, testing gods don't really have temples. They are appropriated at battlegrounds or other sites where they caused some notable trouble. Nords understand that the Daedric temples are something else entirely and think them as much of a waste of time as formalized religion of the Nine Divines in Cyrodiil. Mm. Yes. So uh, testing gods are gods that basically do that. They test the Nords. There is the snake, Orki which many people claim is RK. If, well, I think you would remember that name at least, probably. Yeah. He's sort of yes, the... Yes, RK. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, the yeah. death god or the god of death in um, the Imperial uh, Pantheon or the Nine Divines. What is, what is RK's Divines. amulet to? Um, I think he... Like, I know we're talking about... I guess, like, uh, restoration uh, in, stuff. In-game specific, it's like... I just think it's a proof of their... Uh, it, it helps do it. They're, they're, they're definitely inspired they're, by the it. lore and stuff. But yeah, Orky, uh, I forget where what he exactly is to the Nords. I think he's just some... Oh, he's also equated with Malakath. That's what it is. He's okay. equated with Malakath because Orc. Okay. And uh, Orc sort of in... Um, or the Orismer, um, I think, has something to do with being like the pariah folk, meaning that they're... I mean, do you know what the word pariah means? Yes. Uh, it's no. like other, basically. Yeah, if I've you're a pariah of society, pariah you are um, you're different. You're you're a way. you're an outcast, yeah, basically. Okay. Um, then there's the woodland man, which I don't know what that is. That is his point on the. Well, I know the god or the guy, um, the the being. Um, but the woodland man is what he's listed as on the temple or the um not the temple. The thing, <laughs> the totem, other T word. Uh, this is Hermamora. You know Hermamora. Hermamora, yeah. yeah. He also goes by the name Hermaeus Mora and many others. But um, he is a Daedra. He is essentially what is what takes the role of like what we would think of as demons in the Elder Scrolls world, but mm-hmm. they're not quite demons. They're not much different than the Divines. They are technically weaker, though, I think. Um, Hermamora, uh, I think there's a specific story with him where he tries to constantly trick Nord heroes into... Becoming like his servants, I think a lot of the time. Um, I forget. I thought. I wonder if it's him. 
There's a story of Isgrimor, who's a very famous Nord hero, mm-hmm. who, um, I think it was Isgrimor. No, it wasn't. It was like Olaf, I think. Olaf One Eye or something like that. I can't remember. There's a Nord hero. There's I don't think it was so Isgrimor. Many. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Who um, saved the Nords from having, uh, from being children. They were all turned into children. And he Whoa. saved them all right. and turned them back, but they had shortened lifespans. Oh, that sucks. And uh, I guess we got to go on our third break here, mm-hmm. and I'll come back with the last segment here. On Which, Twilight by the way, Amulet of RK increases your health by 10. Ah. So I don't know really if that pulls in, but yeah. It saves you from death. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Great fortitude. Right. We'll be back here on the Paranormal Express. Follow KUR, Kutztown University's award-winning radio station, on Twitter to receive exciting daily content delivered straight to your newsfeed. By following us on Twitter, you'll discover diverse music, breaking news, and engaging student DJ content. Follow us at twitter.com forward slash KU radio. And remember to use hashtag KU radio when tweeting about us. We are KUR the radio voice of Kutztown University. Programming on KUR provided in part by the students of Kutztown University Radio. Checking campus headlines, John Mobley, one of the greatest players in Kutztown University football and NCAA Division II history, returned to campus on Saturday, September 24th and was presented with the Kutztown University's President's Medal, inducted into the KU Athletics Hall of Fame, and was awarded his associates to create a private ceremony at the President's residence. Mobley racked up numerous accolades during an All-America career as linebacker with the Golden Bears from 1991 to 1995 before going on to earn All-Pro honors and a pair of Super Bowl titles with the National Football League's Denver Broncos. The former Golden Bear also took part in Saturday's pregame coin toss. And Kutztown University's College of Education received the 2022 Council for Accreditation of Educator Preparation Murray Award in recognition of the university's commitment in preparing high-quality teachers to enter the educational field. Recipients of the 2022 Frank Murray Leadership Recognition for Continuous Improvement are selected from the educator preparation providers that were granted accreditation by CAEP at the initial level from the previous year who provided a full complement of evidence with demonstrated data trends and no plans. We check news hourly on KUR. KUR. I am Cornholio. I need the radio voice of Kutztown University. We're back on the uh, Paranormal Express. Paranormal Express. The video game express the right video now. The video game feels express. Like, but it is still pretty spooky. I was uh, just talking so. about the... Nordic Pantheon from the games, the well, the Elder Scrolls series yep. in general, because uh, this isn't from a specific game. Which is difficult to grasp for me, and maybe some of our listeners can agree. Like, if the only real game you've gotten involved in is Skyrim, which most people, which is. most people have, because yeah. that was definitely what. Blew there's a that. lot of writing in the Elder Scrolls. Like, there's a lot of outside yeah. game texts. No, for sure, I have no doubt. Like, because yeah. the people who are a part of that project. Though they may not, though they may be replaced over and over, they still have this kind of enthusiasm behind creating an amazing world. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And the fans as well, like they must help in some way, just with all their ideas and forms and everything. So if you're like me, I've only played really Skyrim. I played through a, a good you played beginning a bit, bit of Oblivion, yeah, but um, not enough to really understand the game the way I do Skyrim. So when sure. you mention all these names, 
I can only think of them in Skyrim. Yeah. And and then it blows my mind that I'm like, oh my gosh, no, this this is the world. It spreads across these games because that's how yeah. good the world building They're is. They're mentioned like all these things are mentioned in other games and through text or like stuff. it's not just the Nords. Yeah. Um, um, There's a whole. Uh, well, I'll talk about the lessons of Vivek a little bit later. Okay. But uh, well, if we get to that. Yeah, it's we're we're getting a little late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, but, I'll be quick with my next topic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, so I guess I'll just finish up here with the Twilight Gods. Mm -hmm. These are the gods that bring about, uh, like, the well, one of them is brings about the end of the world, in a way. The end of the Kalper is what it's called. Which Kalpers are a real thing in real life. They're, yeah. uh, they're from, I think, Hindu or, like, Vedic texts. Um, it's, like, a long, extreme length of time that can end, basically. But the Kalper in Elder Scrolls is essentially... Uh, the entire span of the games from the first era, or sorry, the Mareth, Dawn or, yeah, Dawn era, I think is the first one. Dawn, then Marethic, and then, uh, it goes first, second, third, fourth, and we're in the fourth now with Skyrim. Those are the span of the eras. And that, uh, from the first Dawn era to the fourth era is, uh, a single Calper so far. And supposedly, it should have ended. Um... But the Twilight Gods, it says here, this little excerpt, The Twilight Gods need no temples. When they show up, there won't be any reason to build them, much less use them. Another waste of time. That said, Nords do, do venerate them, as they always venerate the cycles of things, and especially the last war, where they will show their final best worth. And the first of the Twilight Gods is the dragon, Alduin. Nice. Alduin. Alduin. Yeah. Alduin is venerated cool on the winter solstice by ceremonies at ancient dragon cult temples, where the offerings are made to keep him asleep for one more year. Alduin is also the source of many common superstitions practices before any event of significance. Alduin is also, of course, in Skyrim, the uh, main protagonist. Or pro antagonist, sorry. Of the main story. Yeah. And he is the person who will eat the world. He is known as Alduin the, the world, world Eater. Eater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, he supposedly will absorb everything and take it yeah, all. Yeah, which he literally doesn't mean he's going to eat things. He's, he's no. just... It's souls. He absorbs yeah. souls. Yeah. yeah. That's how he keeps his His power. relationship with uh, the Soul Cairn and... Uh, he's uh, not in the Soul Cairn. He's, he goes to Sovereign Guard. Okay. The dragon and the soul cairn. Which is true. Is There's probably... Durnavine, I think his name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was getting... Now that I think about it, it would make more sense. Sovngarde, they're much more powerful souls than yeah. in the soul cairn. They're all Nord heroes and stuff, yeah. Soul cairns usually, unfortunately, Well, he goes souls. there to recoup after he was hurt. Okay. Because he's trying to eat the souls of all the living so that the world will come to an end and yeah. can start anew, technically. Yeah, because then... That's the whole cycle of it, anyway. Which is uh, usually a, uh, usually the the idea behind a lot of stories is mm -hmm. is this this great calling to to make a new world. The other um, twilight god is the dragonborn god, Talos. Mm. Talos of Atmora. Talos totem is the newest, but it is everywhere. He is the dragonborn conquering son, the first new god of this cycle, whose power is consequently unknown. So the Nords bless nearly everything with his totem since he might very well be the god of it now 
I'll just skip that part anyway. It's not a big thing. It's just one word. It's fine. Uh, yes, as first of the Twilight Gods, this practice might seem contradictory, but this is only because of all the gods, he will be the one that survives in whole to the next cycle. So yeah, Nords believe that after this Kalper cycle ends, mm -hmm. Talos will be left over. Kind of like Balder in uh, Norse mythology. Yeah. How he's the one of the last gods, if not the last god, after um, uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. He emerges from the underworld. Reborn anew. Not unless Kratos has something to say about it. He's dead by then. He's fine. <laughs> Kratos is a god. He'll die in, in Ragnarok. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if he'll die in Ragnarok the game, but I'm, the Ragnarok the event in Norse mythology. He probably will die by the end of the series. I feel like that's the only way to end it. And even then, that's not a real end for a god. But yeah. That's all I have for uh, the Nordic Pantheon. Just to read over the entire totem, there's the fox, the bear, the hawk, the wolf, the moth, the snake, the woodland man, whatever that is, the dragon, and the dragonborn god, which is the newest one. Of course, Talos. So what is your next topic? Uh, yeah, so my next topic is not nearly... So, like, we talked about... We are very close to our next break. Okay, well, I will I will try to... This is going to be hard because I love this game so much. You um, can continue afterwards. We'll just have to stop. Yeah. Just to keep it in This will be... Are we allowed to plug? Plug what? Like, where else you can find us and everything. Oh, Oh, we do that all the time, right? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah. If you want more, we can easily go on. So you might look for us on YouTube or Anchor uh, for Paranormal True, Express. Yeah, you can get, we can get longer, longer episodes. episodes on yeah. uh, our Spotify specifically. Um, uh, a few I, other platforms we found on. So we were talking about... Our website has the um, yeah. has everywhere you can find us yes. specifically. ParanormalExpress.com. Of course. Or look a, at our uh, socials, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yes. You can find it through that, too. Um, on... When we started into the Elder Scrolls, we were, I was talking about it's a fantastic world that's huge, has content because of the way they make it. This is kind of the opposite. This is a more indie developed game that has a lot more, a lot more intended visually without words, without speaking. Literally the entire game, not a voice is heard until the end credits with an ending song. And um, that... We will go to our break. <laughs> which that game is Journey, which you should return after the break to hear more about. You're listening to the Paranormal Express. We will be right back. Hello. Thank you for listening to the voice of Kutztown University Radio, KUR. We'll be right back to Paranormal Express shortly. But first, attention KU students. Have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skills to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about the KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.kutztown.edu UGRC and look under Grants and Sponsored Projects. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. 
We do have a quick message from Mr. James. He is back. Okay, guys, what the flick? <laughs> Welcome back to the Paranormal Express. We are back. We're in the, la the last leg of our journey. Yes, this is the last bit of the route. Um, and we're talking about video games today. Sorry. <laughs> Let's play the song from uh, this post mind? made by route pronunciation. It's the the oh. dictionary part where it has all the little symbols to like show oh, yeah, pronunciation yeah, yeah. that nobody even understands really. <laughs> um, okay, so I was going to bring up Journey, which is a uh, this amazing bit. little uh, yeah. What's up, pod? This is a very singy episode for me. Um, probably because <laughs> I'm, singy I'm person. yeah, I am a very singy person. If you knew me, it sucks that I'm not that good at yeah, it because I, I do it a lot. I don't know you. Um, but um, uh, Journey, not the uh, popular rock band from the '80s, uh, but Journey, the you might have seen it as originally a PS3 exclusive release game that came out in a package with like two other games. Came out with like Flower, and then another one, which are these like short, very visually driven, not narrative driven, because there's literally no words spoken. You start out literally from the start menu when you press start. You come into this world where you are this little character sitting on a sandy hill, um, and you're you just there's no words, there's no text. You just you're you just start going, and it teaches you how to move and look around with the controller, and that's it. So you're you're given this information, but visually you see this row of things stuck into the ground, and some structures, and this giant mountain in the in the way beyond, with light coming out of it, and that's all you have to go yeah. off of. It's uh, fascinating how it, it pulls on your, I'm not doing a game review, I swear, I'm trying not to. It's amazing how it pulls on your interest and your curiosities to get you to move along the story without any real cues. So um, the first thing you're seeing is what look like gravestones around, all these things shoved into the ground. They might resemble a graveyard. Then uh, the first painting you find is people that look like you uh, that are being that are standing around some, one of them laying down with one of those stones so you're like mm -hmm. okay they're burying the dead as the story progresses um, there are more and more of these murals you can discover and they show the your people uh, in this past before the way it is now discovering agriculture and growing crops and food and then discovering energy creating these machines that generate electricity and then creating these guardians that produce life uh, basically but then it turns on its head those machines that they created come back and start to call them because the life they can create they can also take away mm -hmm. because uh, throughout the game there's these little pieces of fabric that have almost like sentience and they move around they give you energy that allows you to fly uh, those same wisps can be pulled out of you if you get caught by one of those creatures you encounter later in the game so it's a really interesting Basically, the reason it's called Journey is because once you approach your final point of the game, which is that light at the mountain, once you reach that point, you disappear, and then a, a light is burst out of the mountain, and then it comes right back to the very beginning of the game where you were before, and the cycle begins anew. We see this illusion. It's basically like reincarnation. Mm -hmm. The journey is the most important part of the game, not the ending point, because the end is not the end. You restart. You do it again. When you do it again, actually, the next time you look at your character, there's more patterns on your yeah. cloak that you're wearing. Um, and there's these little collectible little wisps that you can find and those murals you can find. If you collect all of them, 
you you unlock a, a version of your character that's white and golden, which is a character you meet in the game whenever you complete a level, which like kind of guides you along because they look down at you and then there's more of them and then they give you power so that you assume these are like elders or something is the only thing you can drive because again, no words, no voices, no yeah. dialogue. It's just you have to go off of visual cues. So what I believe that to be, when we're talking reincarnation, well, the idea of original reincarnation from from um, um, Hindu belief and culture is the point of reincarnation is your soul is trying to achieve nirvana, which is where you break out of the cycle. Well, of re- well that's Buddhist. That's that, Buddhist? Yeah, Buddhist. Shoot. Well, the nirvana or uh, Hinduism, I think, is pretty much perpetually just reincarnation. That's just okay. how it works. I, I am a very ba- vague understanding, so I could be very wrong. Okay. I'm not trying to assume the beliefs of these yeah. people. That's um, what I'm trying Nir- not to as well. It's just Nirvana, I think, is specifically Buddhist, and it's okay. the way out, basically. It's the way out of that cycle of it. Yeah, yeah basically, you achieving like a perfect, uh, a perfect life and and moral. You 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 loosen your grip on material life and everything until the point where you can survive on your soul and spirituality alone. That, and I, that's just what I think of when seeing those white cloaked people because they have power and they have these things. They've survived whatever this genocide came out of these creatures that is where you're at. It's almost we like a post. are at the end of our oh, journey. darn. <laughs> yes, I if think we're like right around more. 57. Yeah, if you would like to hear more, you can find us, like I, like I mentioned earlier, on our website and uh, elsewhere. Yes. You've been listening to the Paranormal Express. Thank you for writing. <laughs>